0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I'm joined by Dewey Burke. That means it is the post-game podcast. Dewey joins me after Carolina falls in Iowa, 93 to 80, to the sharp shooting Hawkeyes. Before we get started, I want to take a second to ask you to rate us and review us on Apple Podcast, and give us a five-star rating. Leave us a question there. We'll answer it on the show. And if you want them delivered to your doorstep, subscribe. They'll deliver it straight to your smart device. You can listen to us anytime you need a Carolina basketball fix with Dewey Burk. Dewey, overall thoughts. Carolina, uh, I thought, played pretty well at times. But, wow, if a team's going to shoot it like that, there's not a whole lot you can do, ultimately.
0: I think that's right, and, and it's funny. I was texting with one of my former teammates about Iowa, and it was like, God, they shoot like this. They look like they could be in the Final Four, and then you could also see them going cold and losing in the second round. It's just they, they, they shoot 43s, 53s a game, and you're going to live and die by it. Um, we obviously made a lot of defensive mistakes, especially early. Uh, over helping uh, a number of times left our feet on shot fakes that allowed shot fake one dribble pull up three that they rip, which is generally a difficult shot in the game of basketball. But when you're a team that shoots 40 to 50 threes, you can imagine how much they practice things like that. So I thought a lot of defensive errors early led to their hot start. Um, And there were a lot of open ones, but you still got to make them. And they made 11 of them in the first half. So they cooled off some and we were able to make our run. And I, you know, I, I weirdly still feel positive after that game just because I think we've got really good pieces. Like, I just – Dayron made mistakes, and but they're effort mistakes. And, and RJ is so crafty and can score. And Caleb, he's not shooting the ball great, and he had a couple turnovers, but shows flashes. Like, I, other than Walker, who I was a little disappointed in with his minutes in the second half, I just feel like we're going to be really good – and we just do things that young teams do uh, with the exception of some things that, that Garrison and Leakey and, and Andrew did that I think are inexplicable, but are, we're just young. And, and you look out there in the first half and watch games with my father-in-law, and I, and I turn to him and I say, five freshmen on the floor, you know, on the road against the number three team in the country. Uh, that's just the experience of that is so valuable. So I feel better than I think probably a lot of people do.
1: Well, you mentioned the the youth, and then you look at Iowa's lineup. Jordan Bohannon, redshirt senior, Garza senior, uh, Connor McCaffrey, redshirt junior, Wieskamp was a junior, uh, C.J. Frederick, the, the little brother, sophomore. Uh, I mean, all these guys, uh, they're big-time guys, certainly have experience. And I don't know that people really understand how important experience is And Dewey, the last couple games with Texas and now Iowa, they've had experienced guards going up against freshman guards who have had a completely um, unfamiliar lead-in to their college basketball season. I don't think that point can be overstated.
0: No, it can't. And, and, I mean, you look at the box. I thought RJ was really good, 12 and 7. He so quick – it's funny. We've talked about this for years, Tommy. We've had guys on our team where you and I have said – God, every time he touches it and he has a glimmer, I want him to shoot it. He's, like, almost there already. You know, he had a couple times where he caught the ball on the perimeter. I'm like, rip it, shoot it, you know, because we struggle to score in the half court. And for him to only shoot eight times is not enough. You know, and it's hard. It's his fifth game as a freshman, and we're telling him or or talking about him, hey, greenest light, you need to pull it. Um, So it'll take time. We went through that with Marcus Page. We went through that with Cam Johnson. You know, we've had these conversations over the years of guys who just really could shoot it and score it that didn't shoot it enough. And I'm already there with RJ. So, you know, I think him and Caleb are just going to keep learning. Caleb's struggling shooting the ball. He's turning it over. But, God, he plays hard. He attacks. He's going to be fine. You see the explosiveness at the rim on that dunk that he had, the big three that he hit right in front of our bench. Our pieces are there. I think our upperclassmen need to play better to carry these guys along. And tonight felt like we were just not quite there. Enough 50-50 balls that didn't go our way. Enough in ones that Garza threw in that went in and ours didn't. Just like enough little things that when, when the margin's thin against a team that good and you're young, it's hard to win.
1: Indeed. Looking at the box, uh, I've got the official one in front of me. I think 12-8. Uh, and eight. For R.J. Davis, three turnovers. Caleb Love, 11, and six, four turnovers. Uh, it could be better. Uh, I, Davis's numbers are great. Caleb could be better, but they've certainly been a lot worse early in the season, so that's progress. Let's talk for a second about another young guy, and you, and you mentioned Aeron Sharp. Man, that dude's a beast. and oh, man. He is the only big that I thought that gave Garza any – fight really. And that's not a slam on the other ones, but he took it straight at the big man. And you see you can see it. There's a couple instances where he could have had big dunks or big plays and he lost the ball. It's like he's a puppy still and he's yeah. getting there. But man, the talent is certainly there. And the the, the edge, which is what I That's right.
0: And just and the sheer size. I mean I watched the game with, with my father in law and we hadn't watched the game yet together. And we've been watching the games together for you know 10 12 years and he said he looks like dwight howard mm-hmm. my 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 father-in-law is not a big basketball guy right he's not he doesn't know guys real well and he's on the free throw line he's like he looks like dwight howard yeah he's a monster the so little, you the love... little
1: waist and the shoulders that are
0: yeah and the frame and you just i mean imagine what he's going to look like next october um but the the effort level the want to that he has he And he he hit a 15 footer. He made a couple free throws. Um, I did think Baycott did an all right job in the first half on Garza, um, but we just got in brutal foul trouble and we weren't as able to be so physical. And it was frustrating to me that there wasn't a single offensive foul called on Garza because he, he ducked his head, dipped his shoulder, hooks guys and to not get one call to go our way. I didn't think that was quite right. I'm not one that typically complains about the officials, but, uh boy the future's bright for Dayron. i mean i just it's one of those things like again already like i hope he doesn't leave (laughs) you know (laughs) i was saying the opposite to my son
1: during this game i was like that's it folks he does that too many more times and he's gonna be on the he's gonna be a lotto pick but yeah yeah it's, uh, it's just a weird season so just to see him get better. And, you know, shout out to Baycott. I mean, 11 rebounds, just four points. Like you mentioned, he had some flashes as well.
0: I thought he battled. I I thought he battled in the first half. I thought that his, his fourth foul, I thought was a a pretty bad call and the announcers were saying as much. And uh, that hurt his ability to get in any flow uh, in the second half and also didn't get enough touches. Um, You know, his polish offensively is better. So we need to get the ball into him more than we did. Um, But I thought he battled in the first half.
1: Yeah, four shots total for Baycott. Not enough. Uh, Brooks comes up with 17 and eight in the end. And and I thought he did some things. He had some open looks and he knocked down his free throws, you know, which has been an issue for Carolina. I want to talk about, the upperclassmen but i want to do that last um because i do want to ask a question that everybody asks and we've talked about it a million times and i want somebody that's actually been in the system to explain to people that have not been in the system what the goal is defending these threes i will say what i thought watching this game i thought that roy said garza is not going to beat us he's not going to be the national player of the year tonight somebody else is going to have to Maybe that was just my untrained eye. And when guys hit 17 threes, I mean, you tip your hat ultimately. But talk to me about how how does Carolina basketball and Roy Williams ultimately and in, in most like to defend the three-point shot for our listeners?
0: Yeah, so I, I think our biggest issue, uh, from my perspective, our biggest issues, two things. Uh, one is over-helping on – not even full-blown penetration, just the initial, uh, the initial dribble or two by a perimeter player that looks like penetration, and we just we jump in there because we're trained to do that when a guy is fully beat, and we just do it anyway. It's, we don't read it. What I mean by that is, you know, if, if it's a blow-by, direct drive, then you're trained to come off of your guy and help but the guy even just takes one dribble into a crease and we jump off and help when the help wasn't needed. And so that naturally creates an easy pitch catch and shoot. That's not really contested and we're not coached to help unless it's needed. Uh, but we just, we continue to do it. So obviously they're not hearing it right or it's the youth or whatever. That's the first thing is we overhelp on penetration that to me is not really a threat Never mind the fact that we have four monster bigs back there. You know we talked about this before. It's almost like let them go in there and deal with Dayron. Let them go in there and deal with Mondo and Garrison and Walker. Uh, and, and if they can finish over those guys enough times to win the game, tip your good. cap, right? Yep. And good. And 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 look, and you you lose some things rotationally, right? If you let the penetration go and you. You rotate off a of Garza to try to contest that shot. He's there. He's not boxed out. He tips in and he missed. Okay. And that's part of what you give up. Um, so I think that's the first thing. I think we, we overhelp unnecessarily in the gaps because we're trained to help if there's penetration and we just do it by default. Um, and and that, that drives me and everyone crazy. Um, the second thing is we did a terrible job tonight of staying down on shot fakes. We work on closing out in a defensive station so often, and I can't tell you how many times. I don't know if there was ever a scouting report that I saw that didn't have somewhere S-F-F, excuse me, SFSD, shot, fake, stay, down. Shot, fake, stay, down. And Leaky Black flying through the air several times, giving up threes. Andrew Platek flying through the air. Caleb Love flying through the air. Caleb gets the excuse. What's Andrew and, and Leaky's – explanation for that
1: you can't leave
0: your feet right that's the first you cannot leave your feet and then look you give I forget his name the kid number 10 who really shot it great the shot he hit in the second half bottom right of the tv screen shot fake one dribble jump step left and ripped it guys that's not an easy shot it's not but he doesn't even have the opportunity to get it off if you close out and sfsd Right? So that's a principle that we preach, and we didn't do it so many times. Go back and watch the game. I bet you it's 12, 14 times we left our feet on shot fakes. That's not Coach Williams' fault. People can take issue with his training on what I said before, jumping into the gaps to stop penetration, and we, we overdo it, we overhelp and leave the to open shots. It's okay. If you don't like that principle, I get it. If you like the Virginia principle, you sag more, you're already there, and then you close out to the shooter. I get it, the pack line. I understand. None of what coach is teaching or telling our guys has anything to do with leave your feet when you're chasing a shooter. Ever. Ever. That's on the guys. And I know that to be true.
1: Well, that's the, And you mentioned, and that leads me into our next discussion, is the upperclassmen making freshman mistakes still. And Leaky, I, I hate to pick on one kid because he did some good things. I mean, he had – Um, Almost had a double-double tonight. But, man, like you're talking about, Wieskamp pumps him. He flies off to the side, and he steps to the left, and he he rips a three down on the other end. Same thing. I mean, it's like how many times can a guy that, like you said, has heard it it, a thousand times in practice?
0: Yeah. You can't can't make that mistake if you're leaky. Playtech did the same thing. Garrison had – at least two, maybe three brutal missed box outs. One for sure in the second half that led to an offensive rebound kickout wide open three. I think it was their first three of the second half. Uh, just, just didn't box. Inexcusable mistakes, right? And so you, may, you have those things. You're young, right? And then when you're in the midst of making your run or they're making their counterpunch, Walker goes to the line 0 for 2 from the line. That's a turnover. Caleb misses the front end. That's a turnover. Dayron goes to the line, misses two. That's a turnover. RJ goes to the line, misses two. That's a turnover. And when the, when the margin is that thin, you have upperclassmen making mistakes they shouldn't make. A team shooting the ball, great. And then we have all those things compound themselves, and we didn't get a lot of 50-50 balls. It made it hard to win, but I still feel good. I still feel good about our team because I love RJ. I love Kalo the way he fights. I love Dayron. Uh, and I think Walker's going to be all right. Not impressed with his minutes in the second half. I think he he got his tail kicked a little bit there, um, but we're I, I think we're going to be okay. I really do.
1: So uh, wrapping this one up, Carolina loses to Iowa 93 to 80. I tend to agree um, with you. Now, if they'd have kept it going like it was going in the first half, it was going to be a washout, and there would be very little positive. But the fight to come back and take the lead, um, and then that, those mistakes you know the, the the missed box outs. that's what drives me crazy is when i see guys looking up at the rim when the shot's going up on the other side and their guys just cruising around them getting big big offensive rebounds i mean
0: and i and i'm not trying to just like defend coach as a part of the narrative of this podcast but like people love to get on him did he miss any box outs like yeah. no did he miss any free throws no Did he fly by shooters and leave his feet? No. You know, take issue with some of the principles defensively. I get it. Uh, Some people don't like the motion and the freelance and think that it's outdated playing with two big – okay, fine. But, guys, boxing out, staying down on shooters, closing out properly, making free throws, taking care of the ball, not on the coach.
1: Yep. I agree with you. Um, I don't think many people will. (laughs) <laughs> just to be honest but it is what it is last question what do you what do you want to see from maybe some guys we don't normally talk about you know when i see a guy like playtech and then i see all these iowa guys and i'm not just making the comparison because of the skin color it's ridiculous but I, they'd sit out there and hit threes kind of like um you know shaman could do back in the day just park on the wings and hit threes That doesn't really seem like a guy like Playtex game for whatever he wants to get in the paint more. I mean, so what gets better for Carolina over these next few weeks? I think they have Ohio State next. Where do Mm -hmm. they improve? Where besides just getting experience in the freshman guards? Where do you want to see the most improvement?
0: Well, cleaning up the inexplicable mistakes. Right, you just were not so talented and so experienced and gifted that we can just get away with making these mistakes. Cause I mean, you remember, you know, with the guys I played with and some of the teams after that, we were so good that you could, you could make these mistakes. It's like, it didn't, we didn't matter. We're going to score a hundred. It didn't matter. We're going to score a hundred. You can't score with us. And so we we leave our feet on a shot fake. We miss the box out. It still gets coached just as hard and you get hit and film on it, but it's like, we're going to score a hundred. This, the margin is not that, you know, certainly not yet. We have plenty of talent. So the inexplicable mistakes must be cleaned up. The senseless turnovers, leaving your feet on shot fakes, missing box outs, missing the front end of a one-on-one or missing two free throws, which ends up in my book, as I said, is a turnover. The things you can really control, uh, we have to get a little bit better at. And for the young guys that will come, everything's happening really fast for them. For the older guys, just flat out no excuse and just be better and uh clean those things up and bring the effort that we brought for that stretch where we made the run the second half where we took the fight to them. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be we're gonna be okay. I I feel good about our team. I really do. I would I would tell you if I didn't.
1: Right. Well, they you know, that's the frustrating part is those stretches like at the beginning of the second half and in the middle of the second half, though for the fan base at least, those are the and I'm sure for Roy Williams as well. That's the frustrating part because this is what they can do. You know, this five-minute stretch is how we play. This, the rest of it's not, and, and that's got to be frustrating for the guys. It's got to be frustrating for Coach Williams, for you, former guys watching them, everybody. But you're right. I was a good team. A lot of people said, you know, I was overrated and blah, blah, this and that, and I think Garza's a beast. Let me ask you this, last question, and this is a fun one. They compared Garza to Tyler. And I I know what you're going to say, but they got a similar bull in the China shop type style. Um, but what do you think? I do
0: I do agree with that. You know, in terms of the physicality around the rim and, and getting deep post position by just, you know, physically beating on the guy that w- is defending you, I think that is similar. Um, but, I mean, I think Tyler was so much more athletic, moved so much better, uh, much more explosive. Um, I didn't see Garza really, really make any 12, 15 footers, which Tyler added over the time of his career. Um, I, maybe it's just because Garza doesn't play at the same pace. You know, he's not able to. He's not as, as agile and fast that uh, while it seemed like he was relentless and physical, I didn't watch him and say, oh, my God, this guy's heart might give out. Like yeah. he's playing so hard, which when you watch Tyler, you, a lot of times thought that you thought he might die as hard <laughs> as he's playing. You know what I mean? So I, I see, I see the point, and I see when it came to getting post position and battling down there and how physical he was and his ability to draw fouls. I, I will, I'll give you that. Um, but for me, it it stopped. It stopped there.
1: Yeah, he uh, he got tired. I don't remember Tyler ever getting tired. Never and uh yeah that's the big difference but uh, wow i'd love to see them go at it because somebody might die if those big boys <laughs> went at it i mean yeah. both both fa- garza look like a boxer the way his face is scarred up so I'm, I'm sure it would be a fun one to watch anyway dewey it's always fun appreciate you joining me tonight carolina loses 93 to 80 you've been listening to the inside carolina podcast post-game podcast sponsored by johnny t-shirt support those guys at Johnny t-shirt. I say it all the time. I mean it all the time. It's important. We uh, shop local and support Johnny t-shirt. And as always, you get 10% if you're a premium subscriber here at inside Carolina, Mr. Dewey Burt. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you, Tony.
0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by JohnnyT-shirt.com, where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.